Rob is a podcast and the road to survivor second chance podcast series are made possible in part by our listeners who've become patrons of Rob is a podcast to find out more about the benefits of becoming an RHAP patron. Visit us on our website at robinswebsitecom slash patron. Election 2015, the road to Survivor Second Chances. Yes, we are back here. This is Survivor Road to Survivor Second Chance, episode number 15. And I'm here for the first time on this podcast series with somebody in person who is literally like about uh, 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 who is now who's now literally, literally has their head on my shoulder. Max Dawson is here. And uh, Max, how are you? I'm very excited, Rob. This is amazing. This is an RHAP fan's dream come true. I am in the inner sanctum of the studio. <laughs> yes. I'm seeing how the sausage gets made. I am in hog heaven. Yes. Here is Max Dawson. Max Dawson has, uh, has swung on by. He said that he, was, he, uh, he just showed up. And we'll just show up. And he is here. And uh, he's on Periscope right now. And uh, we got a good crowd watching this on Periscope that can that can testify to just how close Max Dawson is. <laughs> it's right here. We're he's very right here. uncomfortably close right <laughs> now. Right here. All right. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about a little bit before, about what well, we just and did Max, before. Just, hold on, but I just want to set a set oh, up here. Set the stage. Yes. That, and the same, the same rules apply to Rob as a podcast as they do to Survivor. Don't be a weirdo. Don't be annoying. Don't be inconsiderate. You'll do okay. Yes. Thanks. Thanks, Haley. Thanks yeah, for explaining that. <laughs> it's, I hit the wrong thing. <laughs> hit the wrong thing. That was a, that was a uh, an incorrect uh, button. I'm off my I'm off my game because Max because Max Dawson is uh, is here in person. All right, uh, Max, how you doing? I'm doing really How's well. The campaign season. The campaign season. It this is as much fun to me as uh, it's like the NFL draft, the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, the, the, the college football championship series all taking place in the same two week period. Yeah, everything is happening because we're, you know, it's, it's crazy the overlap because we, we have a season that's still going on. Like this is like if this was the off season, this would be really exciting. But this is like the most yeah. exciting time of the Survivor season, and we also have this most exciting thing that's ever been happening before in the history of Survivor. Where I, I mean, there's probably been other there's probably been other things. I mean, I would imagine like uh, around the time like of uh, Survivor All Stars, like right when the All Stars left, like uh, like I wasn't there for that. But I imagine that was pretty exciting, and probably around like the time of Heroes versus Villains, like but like but this is like you know, and that was like on the internet and stuff like this. This is just like out there and happening and everybody knows about it. And it's happening on social media. Uh, it's really just very, very fun and very crazy. As a survivor fan, this is tremendous as someone who's going through the process as a potential player. It's completely bonkers because Rob, I'm sure you remember what it's like the two weeks or so before you go out to play survivor. Yes. Now that is probably one of the most intense times in your life. You're trying to tie up loose ends. You're trying to get trained and ready and, you know, put your job to bed and family members and relationships. Now imagine doing that simultaneously while campaigning for votes and I am one of those people who needs to campaign my yeah. butt off. I, I'm I'm on the <laughs> bubble at best. And so I am campaigning 24-7. I am working full time. I am trying to get my life in order. I am trying to get myself physically, mentally prepared. And then at the same time, I'm like, oh, my God, there's an interview with Shane Powers. I have to listen to that. I'm a Survivor <laughs> fan and I got to go into like. 
I got to, I got to put aside all the stuff I want to do as a fan and indulge in all this stuff. We know I have a problem with some of these things, you know, letting my survivor boner get out of control, but I mean, try to get, try to keep the survivor boner in, in check and then under the close circumstances, especially yes, while we're sitting this close, but I just want to say uh, this is the most exciting time to be a survivor fan. This is really, it's fun. very exciting. This is very exciting. Every, everything that's going on, all, all this excitement. So, all right, good. I'm, I'm glad you, you, you mentioned this. Okay. So you're, you have the campaign going yeah. and, and, and you're here and, and you feel like you're on the bubble. You feel like the, the, Ooh, pre- yeah. the pressure is on. And, and I, I could definitely see that, you know, I feel like you have certain people that you played with that feel like they're locks. Yeah. There are certain people who, uh, were, on the show for a very long time who are the beneficiaries of very flattering edits who are attractive, young, handsome people, or who are people with large social media followings to begin with. I'm some guy who was on the show for five episodes, right? One of which I wasn't in the last one of which made me out to be pretty much the biggest boob of the season Well, <laughs> until two episodes later when then Dan and will and yeah, Rodney. I suck. Yeah. I mean, the the nice thing about survivor worlds apart is if you do something embarrassing, don't worry, just, just, just sit tight because within a week, somebody will do something much worse and you'll, no one will remember what you've done. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So I don't feel like I'm ideally set up. I mean, when they called me, uh, you know, I, I, I said, are you sure? Did you mean to call Tyler or something like that? Did you mean to call someone who went deep in the game? But it did in fact, jive with my experience of being out there and with the feedback I got from Jeff when I came out of the game, which was, Max, we loved what you did. We appreciate it. We saw, we recognized it, and we want you to have a chance to play again someday. Yes. I I, I said this on the show that we did with Josh, where you were on the show for a short amount of time. You were one of the, uh, you know, you had the shortest initial stint of, or one, one of the shortest stints of the people that are in the mix. But what I said was, this must speak to what production felt like they got from Max. They must have really liked him because you wouldn't think that there are too many other, although Kimmy Kappenberg also, uh, yeah. Fifth Boot. Kelly Wentworth. Yeah. And so Brad Culpepper, I think. Uh, was, uh yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Pretty I think that, yeah, some, somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, but that must mean that production was happy with what they were getting. Yeah. And it's funny. I see a comment on Periscope. It seemed like production hated him and people actually, uh, Andy Heron, big brother champion. I remember a tweet when he said, God, I wonder what Max did to piss off production. <laughs> now that's not the feedback I got. Right. You know, when I came out, it was all high fives, congratulations and, and sad faces actually. And I think part of it has to do with a lot of time and effort was spent trying to get me on this show in the first place. Mm-hmm. My casting journey began way back in 2012 when I was under consideration for Survivor Kara Moen. Um, you know, I have been sort of on the fringe of a Survivor season going back to that. And I've also been sort of in this weird position within the Survivor fan community where I'm kind of a known quantity. I'm someone who's sort of people have had their eye on and there's been a lot of speculation that I'd get on. And Jeff and Lynn Spillman, casting director for Survivor, I think put a lot of work into getting me on against a lot of reservations at the network where people thought this guy is too close. He's too inside. Now he works in Los Angeles as a reality TV consultant. It's 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 strange. It's weird. It's a conflict of interests. And they finally prevailed upon them. They got me out there. I was doing some stuff that Jeff and the other producers really appreciated. And then, boom, 
I put my foot in a in a pot and, and you know, 24 <laughs> hours right. later, well, I'm let's home. speak to the swing voters. Let's let's talk about let, let's mm. uh, you know, you came all the way out here. Let, let's talk about things that are going to help you uh, yeah. with the vote. Uh, and let's let's talk about this. I think that there are some people that are out there that say, you know, Max had his shot. That's it. We've seen we've seen Max. Well, what do you say to those people that say, I, I don't want to vote for Max because I already said I've, I've seen his game and that and that was it. I was not impressed. You didn't see my game. That's what I'll say. And that's only my own fault. I can't really blame anyone but myself. I, I made some critical mistakes that ended my game and that created a situation where the edit was going to minimize my importance because my importance was limited to the two week period during which I was actually out there. You have to keep in mind that a season of Survivor is edited in reverse. You take the last page of the book or the last chapter of the book, and then you can you compose everything to lead up to that moment. And that's why, you know, we talk about winners edits and stuff like that. We talk about why was someone like Tyler not more prevalent throughout the season? Well, because according to the edit, he didn't factor into this end game that we're now getting into. I had a similar sort of situation where my presence was large at the beginning of the game, my impact on the game, you know, things that I heard from other players and and from production, both in and outside the game. For example, the white collar and blue collar had both decided that I was the first person they were going to target in the event of a swap or merge. And that was in part because uh, I seemed to know what I was talking about. And it was in part because. I never stopped talking. Mm-hmm. I, I did a lot of talking on the mat. I mixed it up a lot. I talked some trash. Um, Jeff loved it. Jeff came to me every challenge and talked to me a lot. And that's the sort of thing that, you know, newbie mistake. You take that bait. Someone like Tyler, who knows how to play his cards closer to his chest, he didn't take that bait. He let me take it every time. But what I gave them, they liked. What they saw of me in challenges, they liked. What they saw of me at camp life and the strategy and the the gameplay that Shereen and I were engaged in, they liked. And they also liked that I'm just a, enough of a lunatic to do something crazy like the things that happened during those three days at Nagarote that ended up, you know, sinking my game. Okay. So what will we see from Max in a second time out because I feel like you're sort of in this difficult position where I feel like that what you would need to do to do better in the game is to tone down the very things that might make people want to vote for you. Yeah. Well, and that's a strange position to be in. You know, I think that Conversely, also the things that got me voted out of Survivor Worlds Apart might get me voted back into Survivor Second Chance because I am someone who plays hard. Mm-hmm. I am someone who plays, you know, I've been saying this in many contexts. I play naked and hard and I don't, you know, sorry, I, 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 I don't know if I'm allowed to do that. It just felt appropriate at that point. But I played balls out i played <laughs> you did i mean rob you and steven talked about during one of the first know-it-alls is this the dawn of a new era of survivor where players say yes i'm lying mm-hmm. i would have lied better it's true that was the tenor of not only that tribal council but a lot of the game from my standpoint people who are playing so hard that they dispense with the pleasantries and that they just kind of go right to it in other words returning players levels of survivor gameplay intensity without some of the social niceties that 
you know, are actually probably quite necessary, but that in a season where you're playing against people who are cutthroat and who are really there to play, sometimes get thrown by the wayside. I just wonder if that sort of candor is better appreciated in, you know, the privacy of like, you know, a one on one or like a like, you know, dealing with two people as opposed to that sort of candor with a group of people at a tribal council setting. Oh, no, I think you're right. And and the context of that particular tribal council also has to come into the equation. And, and there's there's a reason why. Uh, I was that blunt. And I was even more blunt than you saw when so said, Max, have you been lying at me this entire time? It cut to a a silent shot of me and then cut to Tyler or Mama C saying something or Jeff. I actually answered her. I looked her in the eye and I said, yes, so I've been lying to you since day one. Now, that wasn't just because I had no concept of the appropriate way to play the social game or how much or not much to show. It's because Shireen and I were trying to make a concerted effort to make a display of loyalty to Mama C, to draw a line in the sand where Joaquin and So had been very aggressive in suggesting that Shireen and Mama C would be the first to go because they were old, out of shape, and essentially useless. I was standing with them and saying, not only are you not going home, but if anyone comes at you like that, if anyone demeans you or denigrates your games, that... I will stand up for you in their face and I will make their lives miserable. Okay. So if you were to return, uh, you feel like that you would be the same though? No, 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 no. I've, I've got to do things differently, clearly. And, you know, there are certain things that I don't like. Really- what would you, what would you do to keep the same that you feel like would, you know, get the viewers excited? Well, I'm not going to be playing for the viewers. And that's something that I got accused of a lot during the preseason. You know, I was described as the specialist by Angie Counts and people saying that I was out there to get invited back. And I was out there to win. You know, I'm I'm almost 40 years old. I have a career. Getting time off to play Survivor once was really difficult. And I almost had to quit my job to do this. I actually just found out a couple of days ago that I don't have to quit my job, which is a really good thing because A, it's my dream job and B, Fifth place money, you can't live off that. That's not a big check. So I would have been in deep trouble had I uh, quit that job to go out and play and, and not brought home a, a, a hefty chunk of change. But I... How, how's fifth out money? Fifth out money. That's what I meant. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Fifth, yes. Fifth out money is, is not good money. <laughs> fifth place money is all right. But you know, I... I that you're coming off really white collar with the mm, fifth place money. I... I played to win. I was out there with the intention of winning and I thought I had a plan of how to win. It clearly was an ineffective plan and a plan that didn't work, a plan that made more for intention, unintentional comedy than it did for great gameplay. Going out there again, first things first, um, I'm not taking the bait production. Just, you know, I, I'm, I'm no longer answering those questions during confessionals that start out with, Max, you're a, you're a, a student of the game. You're a, a teacher of the game. And I'm also not taking the bait on the map. And I'm also not taking the beta trial. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it in the confessional. You say whatever you want in the confessional. Well, then, then everybody says, Max, how could you say you're okay with going to tribal council? That's you never do that. Yeah. I feel like there's a can of hurrah that you could put yeah, on yourself. Yeah, but I, I mean, like yeah, that. but that's a you that's don't worry about the production stuff. No, I I'm gonna focus more on other people than on myself. That's yeah. the main thing. The, the, the main problem I made, uh, the mistake I made, I feel like, 
It wasn't about, you know, geeking out, having a survivor boner. That was a fun edit. The main problem I made was that there was a woman out there named Carolyn Rivera, who was an intense gamer who I didn't identify as an intense gamer. Okay. I identified her as a woman who was kind of playing that old school survivor where you don't want to look for idols and you don't want to talk about strategy and you don't really have that much of a clue of the intricacies of how to organize a blind side or something like that. I was going to be loyal to this woman to the, to the end, but I didn't respect her the way that I should have. And I didn't invest enough time in checking in with her on a daily basis and meeting her on her terms and making her feel like Is this an, an apology to Carolyn. I've apologized up and down to mama C. I mean, I have so much respect for the game that I've seen on television. And I really, I think now if I had only realized that at the time, things would have turned out very differently for me. All right. Well, that's one of the things that I was very curious about, because this is an interesting mix here. We talk about the Dirty 30, all these people from Survivor Worlds Apart who are back in the mix. Of course, uh, you being one of them. And, you know, you have uh, Mike in the mix and and Joe in the mix and and you didn't have any interactions with them uh, in the game. I'm sure I'm sure you're friends with them uh, outside of the game. But we have two people here that you had very interesting relationships with, uh, both people that were with you at the White Collar Tribe and then people that both switched with you uh, when you went to uh, Nagarote. Yeah. I mean, I only know Survivor when it's played with Shireen and Carolyn. Okay. So let's start with Carolyn. And Carolyn had no love for Max and Shireen while she was out there. As far as we've seen, she still has no love for Shireen in the game. And I would have to think that this would not be a great situation for you to potentially be on a tribe with Carolyn again. I think it's not a great situation for me to be on a tribe with anyone from the Dirty 30. I think that right now we're all sort of, well, or at least the the five of us are taking a look back at the last few months and all of the social media, the socializing, the hashtagging and thinking, oh boy, we just put a giant target. (laughs) Was that a miscalculation? It it maybe was. I may have made a horrible mistake. (laughs) Who knew though? No one thought any of this, I mean, let alone me. I thought, you know, let's have fun. Let's get the fans involved and let's create a positive atmosphere in what's going to be an otherwise very negative season. Was that the, was that the thought? Was that like, uh, boy, we know what's coming. Let's put a PR spin on this before a, a preemptive strike on before people say, boy, this cast can be very unlikable at times. It wasn't so much a, a preemptive PR spin as it was an attempt to celebrate the powerful experience we all had and to make the good the good aspects of that experience the focus as opposed to the negativity, which comes up in any survivor season, but which, you know, some of us more than others knew was going to come up in a very intense and uncomfortable way in this season. Mm -hmm. And so as far as the dirty 30 goes, like if you had to do it over again, would you like, uh, and, and forget about like the, you know, if there was just throw the, uh, you know, second chance out the window, but as far as like, you know, trying to unite a group of people together as a survivor cast. Is that is that possible to have happen? I mean, I probably would have fewer wrinkles and less premature gray hair if I didn't spend the last much of the last three months trying to fight this uphill battle with respect to keeping things together, keeping a unified front, solving problems internally. 
Um, but then again, but who cares? Are, who cares if other people on season 30 are fighting with each other if it doesn't involve you? Well, I mean, there, it's not just me. There are a group of us who really love Survivor and want to celebrate all the positive aspects of it. People who want yeah, but to don't, focus don't to what be, we like about survivors when people fight. Well, don't we, we like, like that when like show, Abby Maria and RC and artists and Mike Scoopin don't like each other? Well, I don't know. Do we? I mean, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Remember I don't all mind the it. negativity around Kara Moen, for example, where people were called horrible names and friendships were destroyed. That's a returning player season and it's very different. Mm -hmm. But, you know, everyone who came home from Nicaragua, uh, whether you went out first or you went the distance, everyone came out with this sense that we had done something special. And maybe it hasn't translated to the screen, but the atmosphere and the responses we were getting from production were electric. We were constantly getting feedback along the lines of, you guys are blowing us away. You are making an amazing season. This is outrageous stuff. We love it. We love you guys. And we felt good about that. And we felt somehow obliged to kind of, you know, to, to do our part to celebrate the franchise in its 30th season. Now, there's one thing that I'm not at all regretful about with all of this, and I think is really a positive thing, is we, we took the initiative to make sure that, you know, every week when someone gets voted off, from the Dirty 30, they get a bouquet of flowers or they get inundated wow. with flowers. They get the Viking helmet sent <laughs> okay. to them. They have like, uh, we do a love So will, will this tradition translate over into Survivor Second Chance? Like, uh, like let's say like, uh, you know, five months from now, uh, Kimmy Kappenberg and uh, Terry Dietz are getting into it. They're they're few they're feuding. Will Social you media will you feud. move in or or real feud? Uh, will you move in to mediate between? Uh, <laughs> who did I say? Kimmy Kappenberg Kimmy and Terry Kappenberg Dietz. And Terry Dietz. Um, <laughs> listen, these are uh, this 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 mix of 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 personalities that potentially will make up the the dirty one <laughs> is is a complex group and a returning player season with all of the politics and pre-existing relationships <laughs> it's so much more difficult to even think yeah. about this who knows what the vibe will be like that out there so uh, will will Jim Rice expect a bouquet of flowers uh after the first episode uh, Jim uh, I, I think whoever it is, whether it's Jim or Jim or somebody else who goes out first, maybe Jim, <laughs> I, I think that it's only appropriate to send them some flowers. It, it, no, the, the real thing behind this is, you know what it's like, Rob, when you get voted out, it's not like exactly, you know, you're getting a lot of support from CBS or from the production and people are looking after you. But what about, you know, what if your your show family is really looking after you and, and they're checking in with you and seeing how you're doing? I feel like that feels good. And it felt good yeah, for me. But I Max, I, I think that this is a, a dangerous idea to have about a show family because and you guys may and you guys maybe had that in season 30. But if you guys come into this uh, season 31 and feel like this is your sh your show family, uh, these people are going to, you know, stab you know, people will stab you guys in the back and, you know, not give a damn about show family. Oh, like no. there will we'll be people each other that will back. be, well, that will be happy to stab people in the back and never talk to any of you guys ever again. Hi, Cass. <laughs> um, no, no, listen, and we are too. We know we are, <laughs> we are, we're ready to play. Yeah. We're not going out there. Listen, it's not like we were out there kind of, uh, you know, sitting around the fire, loving each other out there. It's, it's out right. it's back here. And, you know, it's I just don't think that that's going to that's going to translate. Like, I think there's going to be plenty of people that are, are there to get their money and don't want anything to do with a 
you know, a show family. Are you saying that Shane Powers is not going to appreciate a call on the night of the episode? <laughs> well, I don't think he will because he's probably going to win. Probably, but I mean, <laughs> the, you know. Yeah. No. Um, no, I, I mean, I can't imagine that, you know, um, maybe, like, I don't know how it was with the people that were on his first season, but I can't imagine that he, that, the, that one of the, the appeal, the part of the appeal of going back would be to hang out with, you know, 19 new reality TV friends. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, it's easy for me to be in a position where I want positivity to emerge from this experience because I wasn't out there that long. And I didn't have that many opportunities to get burned. You know, maybe I feel differently if I lasted 30, 35 days and had yeah. you know, someone screaming horrible things at me about not having a soul, you know, but uh, <laughs> I, I played just enough to get a taste, to know I wanted to play more, to know I could do this, but not enough to be psychologically damaged by the experience enough so that I don't want to ever talk to these people, including the people who backstabbed me, who, you know, voted me out. I, I feel, you know, I'm one of these people. I said before the, the season, the game is bigger than the people who play it. Okay. You play to win. You play hard. You destroy your opponents. But at the end of the day, just like football or any other sport, you get up, dust each other off. You give each other a high five, pat on the butt, and you go have a beer afterwards. And that's the beauty of, of, of kind of sanctioned gladiatorial combat in the context of professional sports or Survivor or something like that. You play hard, but then you go home and you go back to your real life. And hopefully you have a real life and, and you act civilly toward the people who you respected in the, in the throes of competition. So what you're saying to people is, hey, if you liked the dirty 30 wait until you see the fun 31 uh yeah or the dirty one <laughs> you know as we're calling it listen i'm not really going into this thinking at all about the other four <laughs> people though from my season who are who are nominated i'm really only thinking about myself okay i'm thinking about you know i don't feel like i have any kind of advantage in fact, I have a significant disadvantage in terms of recency bias and people having just seen the relationships that we've had and the storylines that unfolded. It's going to screw up our games. I'm more concerned about interacting with some of these other people, people who I have no pre-existing relationships with, who might have existing relationships with themselves, who might be, you know, going to Tampa for secret summits or doing other sorts of things you know, that are being alleged on the Internet. Who knows? Who knows what these people have in store? I'm just going out there with the idea of playing Survivor and playing for myself. If other people in my cast are out there with me, we could play together, we could not play together. That's not my concern. This is my second chance. All these other people made the merge. This is my time. But w would somebody... If would somebody from the from the Dirty Thirty, if they if they turn if they turned on another member of the Dirty Thirty, would they be ostracized from the Dirty Thirty? No, I mean there is no ostracizing from the Dirty Thirty. I mean you, it's, I mean some of these people have tattoos. I mean that the, unless they're going to Doctor Tadoff, okay. that's 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 going to be tough. Hey, not a bad idea to go to Doctor Tadoff if Doctor Will is there. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, the, the I don't think that that's going to happen at all. Okay. I think we respect the game much more than we have egos that need to take precedent over it. Talk to me about Shireen. And I spoke with her earlier today and I asked her the question of what are you going to do if you're out there and you know, Mac, here comes Max and he's saying, oh my God, can you believe it? Uh, Abby Maria, she's here in the flesh. Remember that time when Abby Maria uh, called scooping a moron, an idiot? Wasn't that great? Remember that? Remember that? And what, what will you do? What, what will, how will you be able to contain yourself 
and not go if you're on if you're on the beach with a Shireen or or with a, or with somebody else who knows the show particularly well. How will you be able to contain yourself? I mean, I, listen, I, I I'm 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 not going to say that I don't get a survivor boner, <laughs> but I know a lot of the people in this cast. I know them socially. I, I I've been in some of their homes. Some of them have been in my home. I've met most of my survivor heroes. I consider some of them to be actually close friends. I don't really get starstruck at the sight of a survivor. In fact, I get accused very often of being so arrogant that I act like they should be starstruck over me. Mm -hmm. But I mean, in this group, I, I don't see it as a matter of, uh, you know, something that I or Shireen or anyone else is going to geek out over. I, I see it as people who I'm either going to work with or work against. And whether or not I remember what they did, this is not the place for that. This is this is an all-star season. This is a season to play hard. And this is a season to regard each one of these people as a formidable threat. I won't make the same mistake that I made my first time out, which was to underestimate someone because I, you can't underestimate Jim or Jeff or Carolyn or T-Bird or, you know, Michaela. These are all people who are back for a reason. Yeah. And it might not be because they made it all the way. But they're back for the same reason I'm back. They showed something to Jeff in production that they had more in them. And I got to figure out what that is, figure out how to, how to cope with it and deal with it. All right. Now, I know you're a student of the game. No, I'm I, not answering questions that begin, Max, you're a student of the game. Anymore. Yes, that's right. No, right? You have to. You have to. You're here. And so you must have looked at this board and said, I know who the winner of this season is. Oh, are we talking about because production is setting it up like they did that other time? No. What, what, what other time did they set it <laughs> I'm up? I'm teasing. Um, Do you I, have... Who is your... Who's my winner pick? Who's your winner pick? Um, I don't even really think I know who the 20 people who are going to be out there playing are. Okay. I, I have not even... I, I see of this group a significant number of people who can win <laughs> who have what it takes to win you know usually you get a, a an ample mixture in a, in a cast of people who are gamers who are not who who came to play who came to you know pad their resumes or make some money i see here a lot of people who really want to embrace the second chance motif and get redemption and that only comes by winning you know stephen fishback he can't go 39 days and you know go home with no votes again. He has to go 39 days and win. What if he gets like three votes? It, Wouldn't that be progress? Listen, baby steps, right? Three votes and a winner edit. Three votes and a winner's edit, I think. Fishback I, if, if, if I'm Stephen Fishback and you could tell me I'm going to walk away from this with three votes and a winner edit, I'd sign on the dotted line. Listen, we all have nowhere to go but up, especially me. I think I have the farthest to go in terms yeah, of I my think Steven, that, sh that should be maybe a, a, a hashtag for Steven. Three votes and a winner edit. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, think about these people, people who are... Terry Don't Deets, shoot for the stars. Terry Deeds doesn't fall off a floating pontoon. And, you know, I mean, Andrew Savage doesn't get jettisoned by a weird outcast twist. And, you know, Brad Culpepper doesn't... Well, I don't know about Brad Culper. I mean, <laughs> something. But, you know, there are people here who were if so If there was no close. Redemption Island. If there but... was no Redemption Island. Yes, thank you. Where, where, there was uh, no Candace Cody. And, and Jervis's cousin. 
Yes, Jervis's <laughs> uh, uh, niece. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, if Keith Nail just sticks to the plan, <laughs> Keith Nail goes home a millionaire. I mean, there are a lot of people here who people at one point thought were getting the the Stephen Fishback trademarked winners edit. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I'm the I'm the odd man out here. I'm the guy who went out fifth under ignominious circumstances. Yeah. I'm, and in some way, ways, doesn't that give me an advantage? No one's worrying about me. I, I think that I go into this well, under the radar a little bit, maybe. Well, I, I'm not sure that's the case, Max, that I think that, that people would probably would probably still worry, worry about you. I, I spoke with Shane Powers yesterday. Do you, you, you I must, you I'm, must I'm behind. Okay. I, I, I've only listened. I only listen to Jim's interviews and read Jim's stuff because I'm obsessed with <laughs> well, Jim's Jim's good. Uh, he, he, he's good podcast. Uh, but I talked to Shane oh, Powers yesterday and I asked Shane Powers about a lot of different things. One of the things I asked him about was you and you could listen to the, you could listen to the interview it was on periscope shane powers said he didn't want it recorded after it was over there was a bootleg version that people had put up people had pirated it and uh then shane said well if it's you know if it's out there pirated uh it's okay to put up on the website uh but shane said that he was concerned about you because uh, I, I don't want to, again, I don't, I don't want to uh, put words in his, I believe he said that uh, he was, he was worried that you can't sit still. And I said, is there one question that you want me to ask Max when I talk to him tomorrow? And he said, yes. The question Shane Powers wanted me to ask you is why is Max really playing the game? Shane Powers wants to know, why is Max really play? Is it the fame? Is it the money? Is it uh, is it an ego thing? Why are you playing the game? I'm playing for a love of the game. The love of the game. The love of the game. And to me, that's a greater motivation than money or fame or ego gratification or anything else. When you really love the game, you're willing to put everything on the line for it, including your reputation. Worth playing for? I'd say. Okay. I mean, I I put my reputation on the line. And the fact that I'm able to still stand here and say that I deserve a second chance, I think is a testament to the fact that I really do love this. I really do love Survivor. And my first time out there, I was... I, I, I relished every moment. I felt like my love was respected and, and at least by the production. And then I came home and watched it on TV and I, I watched an edit that almost made me feel as if I should be embarrassed to love Survivor. But I'm not. And I will go into this game the same way I went into the last game with the mindset of I'm playing to win and I'm playing to do honor to the game that I love, which means putting it all on the line, playing as hard as I possibly can and, you know, risking everything, risking my reputation, risking my job, risking my health. Got to risk it to get the biscuit. Exactly. Okay. Um, have you thought about shaving the beard to come into the game? Has that, has <laughs> it, have you considered that? Next question. All right. Let me well, just, just hear me out. Hear me out. Because then... You could come. You could almost be reborn. It's almost a, a chance to create a new identity. I don't know. I I, I honestly believe that I would. It, be it would be almost like a, a Miley Cyrus esque uh, reinvention of yourself. 
I, I've heard people say that they were told don't get a haircut before a season. I think changing my look that dramatically Lynn Spillman might would, uh, piss off would explode. People. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, Kenny Brain, the uh, the lumberjack beard. I think it's a new thing in in reality TV casting. And I, you know, I'm not saying that I was cast because of my facial hair. Yes. But I, I will, you know, I I often get it didn't asked. Hurt. I've had this beard since I was 19 years old. I'm 38 years old now. I've had it as long as I didn't have it. And, you know, obviously part of that time was when I was a, a prepubescent child. Mm -hmm. The beard is such a part of my identity. It's such a part of who I am. I don't even think of it as something that I have or don't have. I just think of this as being me. Okay. All right. All right. I have some questions for you from the listeners. How are we doing on time? Uh, okay. Uh, again, I don't want to... Uh, lose track and look up. It's like two hours have gone by. It could happen, man. It could, it could happen. Well, I'm trying I to be fair. I'm trying to be fair. Time. I'm trying to be fair to everybody. I don't want to give anybody uh, too much time. Okay. Let me take some questions here from the listeners of the podcast. Is there anything that you feel like that, that we didn't cover that you wanted to get out there? No, I think it's good. I mean, I'm, I'm eager to hear what the I'm Igor to hear what the <laughs> fans have to say. Okay. All right. So let me take this question from uh, Nick. Nickish, who says, uh, will you go nude again? I'm sure a lot of people ask this question. Yeah. And if all of the small, seemingly at the time, inconsequential decisions I made during my two weeks in Survivor, I never thought that this would be the one to totally define my experience and also people's perceptions of me. Uh, you know, I told on my exit interview how a seemingly or at the time, uh, uh, innocent attempt to maintain hygiene under difficult circumstances resulted in a production bonanza with helicopters and amphibious cameras and all sorts of weird positive feedback for a behavior that I wouldn't even think about that much in the first place. It, to me, it's not that big of an issue. Um, you know, if there is a time before I get my bathing suit or I have to go out and take an aqua dump, I might, you know, I might be a little more discreet this time, but, you know, cleanliness above, um, you know, above all out there, but I'm not going to flaunt. I'm not going to strut. I'm not going to do anything that's going to piss anybody off. I know that in retrospect, seeing confessionals that that set me and Shireen apart from the rest of the tribe. I no longer want to be the trendsetter for that. Listen, if Shane wants to drop trowel and run out into the water and says, Max, come on, join me. Yeah, maybe I will. Um, but, you know, I don't think I'm going to be the guy who sets the the the, the tempo in terms of, you know, we, this is the naked camp this time. OK, fair enough. All right. Patrick Lair says, was the hold up bro moment organic or did you plan on doing that long before tribal? What other classic survivor moments did he and Shireen uh, reenact out there in Nicaragua? The hold up bro moment was completely organic. You know, I've told the story before. You can watch what's going on in the voting confessional. You can feel the vibe off of the people who are talking at tribal council. And at a certain point, I knew things were not going well and that it was going to be me. Uh, and I turned to Shireen and said during the voting, it's me tonight. And it felt like an eternity while Jeff was away organizing the votes. Mm -hmm. Something that you guys don't see is it could be at 20 minutes or it could feel like 20 minutes between when the last person votes and when Jeff comes back and begins to read the votes. That's a lot of time to think about what's going to go on, especially if, as was the case for me, I knew I had been sold out by Carolyn. So I, in that moment, tried to figure out how am I going to handle this? What am I going to do? And the first thing that came to my mind was I may be going home 
but I can scare the crap out of these people who just voted me out one last time before I do. And the best way I thought of doing that was a little bit of a, 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 a little, uh, uh, you know, a reference to a, a great moment in survivor history, but I'd pretend I had an idol and just to see the look on their faces, nothing to do with screen time or camera time or you know, if I wanted that, I would have said I've been bamboozled or I would have done the Greg Buis or something like that. For me, it was really about having one last bit of revenge on these people who I was not that pleased with. Now, the unintended consequence was it freaked Jeff out because if Jeff thinks somebody's got an idol, uh, Jeff doesn't know somebody's got an idol and somebody plays an idol. Somebody loses their job on that production. Somebody really dropped the ball. And so the kind of frustrated look on Jeff's face I attribute that to I trolled Jeff and he didn't like that. Mm -hmm. I attribute that to it had been a long, difficult, painful tribal council with the white collar stonewalling, excuse me, the no collar stonewalling. And then finally, and this is my rampant ego getting out of control. I don't think Jeff wanted me to go home that early. I think he was annoyed that I was going home that early and he was annoyed at me for screwing up and, and letting myself get blindsided and go home that early. Mm hmm. Let me ask you about the Survivor references that you uh, made during your season. Do you plan on continuing that should you uh, go on to season 31? I didn't plan on doing it in the first place. Almost every time I sat down with a producer, I was asked to put what had been going on in the context of the show's 30 season history. Mm -hmm. Max, you've studied the game. You've taught a class on the game. Tell, tell us about a, a classic 3-1-3 survivor split. What, what other seasons have you seen this happen? What other seasons have you seen a, a, a swap turn out as, as lopsided as this? Mm -hmm. What other times have you seen that challenge? The, the, the catapult lacrosse challenge. Talk about some great moments in the past when that challenge took place. And you don't really need to twist my arm to get me to talk <laughs> about that stuff, especially when you're in a, you know, a setting where you're... You know, you're trying to make conversation with Jen and Haley and Will for three days. You're desperate for people who can carry out a conversation with you. And I'm out there trying to, you know, get something going with them. It's not working. So I get to go talk to a producer and a producer asks me to talk about my favorite subject, Survivor. I'm going to take it. But in terms of, of doing references, that, that that's, you know, in the words of Carolyn, that's that's season 30. We're not going to go back and do that again. We're going to play a new game this time. We're not going to focus so much on the past. We're going to focus on, on what's going on right now. Yeah, because I think on paper, you know, you would think that the fans really like it, but I almost feel like they don't they don't love it. No, they, they don't. don't love it because it's almost like a thing for the fans to do. But if you're out there, it's almost like they would rather see you know, they want to see a new moment happen. They don't want to see something uh, regurgitated back and, and like a, you know, a copy of a copy of something that happened. So I think people are looking for new organic moments in their reality TV and not sort of going back and paying homage to things. And, and again, there are things like a, a little bit is, is fine, but I think too much. I think people probably just want to see new stuff. I can appreciate that. And, and, you know, I, I, I'm a fan myself. And, you know, if I was a, a, someone watching at home with no investment in this guy and, you know, maybe I would have been annoyed, too. But I do want to give uh, just, you know, make a plea to fans as a fan, as someone who's been in the RHAP community, 
I mean, forever, you know, as someone who's had Rob's taboo buzzer in his home on multiple the occasions, guy the or, guy, or the, yeah. not the thing, the guy, you know, as someone who's, who's had Renee Herrera in his home on multiple occasions, I do not recommend this. I, either of those people being loud into your home and, <laughs> under any circumstances, but you know, that just, just try it. Try being out. Try there. inviting those guys in. No, no, no. Oh. Try being out there. Try being invited to talk about Survivor while you're on Survivor and see if you can resist. You know, try, try, uh, you know, having those opportunities to indulge your fandom and see if you can keep your cards close to your chest and play that game that you love to talk about or maybe that you played in an org once. But now you're out there and you're sitting in front of Jeff Probst and you haven't eaten and you haven't slept and you've got a survivor boner that's about to tear through your board shorts. I mean, it, whoa, that, and that's what first times are for. You know, man, I, I talked about this in my what will what will I do differently? I, I lost my, my survivor virginity and it was kind of a mess. You know, it was a little premature. It, 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 it kind of it was over before I knew it. And I, I didn't it didn't exactly go off the way I had fantasized about it before. But just like, you know, you get a little bit better when you're doing that and, you, you know, build up a little practice and you get some reps in and then suddenly you've got moves, you got control and you can last the distance. That's my philosophy going into this. I got a lot out of my system last time. Yeah. Now it's just time to play. Okay. That's not right. That's not right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, let me ask you this question because I think uh, this is a question and we've touched on this, but I want, I want to make sure that you have uh, ample opportunity to satisfy the person that has this question who's out there. Okay. Linda Baron Levine says, as a teacher of the game, why on earth did you play the way you did and why should I vote to give you a second chance when you should have known better the first time? Well, Linda... As a super fan of the game, I'm sure you realize that you only see a small portion of what we do out there. And I'm not saying that what you saw wasn't accurate or what you saw. This is like the final tribal council. Shouldn't sway your judgment. This is good practice, Max. But there are things you didn't see. Things that only Jeff Probst, Matt Van Wagenen, and the rest of the production saw. And apparently it had so much of an impact on them that out of, what, 350-plus people who were eligible to be invited back for a spot in this second-chance vote, they decided that I deserved one of those slots. So as a teacher of the game, you know, I, full disclosure, my class wasn't about how to play Survivor. My class was about the economics of reality TV, using Survivor as a case study and as a fun exercise to get the kids more involved and invested. I didn't teach people how to make fire, how to orchestrate the perfect blind side, the social game. I taught them about the FCC and about networks and about uh, production companies and above the line costs and so on and so forth. I love the game. I'm a, a, a fan of the game. And I'm also someone who played the game in a way that didn't necessarily translate to good television in the first time. The, the things I did wrong translated to good television, but not the things I did right. Mm -hmm. They translated into something, though, that, that made an impression on the right people. And if you would all trust Jeff Probst, and, and I know that a asking the superfan community to trust Jeff Probst is a big ask, but if you respect him, if you think that, that his judgment, that his experience with watching this show be made and the people who play it amounts to anything, give me the benefit of the doubt. I, I implore you. Okay. 
Let's go ahead and take this question. Uh, this is from uh, Shandy. Shandy Lemperly says, uh, I'm told French is the way to some women's hearts. Do you find this to be true? And how much French do you speak? Do you speak French? I, 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 I took French in up until ninth grade, and I actually was interviewed by Shandy on the Tribe podcast uh, a couple days ago. And uh, I was told that Shandy was uh, quite fond of me. And that the way to her heart was to speak French to her. So I I dusted off a little bit of the French I remembered from ninth grade, only to be told that Shandy is a married woman. And so apparently that was a misstep. Okay. Um, I don't know if you you can touch on this. Uh, This is from Billy Gross. He says that you tweeted uh, that... Somebody bought their spot on Second Chance. Is that is that an accurate uh, accusation? No, I I was being inundated over the weekend with reports that contestants might be spending considerable sums of money on publicity campaigns, um, advertising, you know, tapping into much wider social networks or media platforms that far exceed even the sizable reach of our app and other sorts of reality TV, social media. Mm -hmm. And to me that raised an ethical question. And, and I, I, you know, you feel like there should be some sort of survivor second chance campaign finance reform. Well, I mean, you think that everybody should have that that somebody shouldn't be able to come in with a war chest matching funds maybe from CBS. You know, I mean, this this is something that that's very interesting to me. And I wonder what the fans think. There have been no restrictions put on what we can do. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, no one said you can't go set up a. uh, uh, a call center in India and hire people to vote for you around the clock using VPNs and proxy servers. Obviously, you know, you'd have to be a dirt bag to do something like that or a, a very wealthy dirt bag at that. But, you know, this is a spot on Survivor and a chance to win a million dollars. And I wouldn't put it past people to spend money to make money. And, and you know, I, I put that question to the fan, not knowing if if it were, it was in fact the truth. It's it's allegations. There are rumors going around, um, and I wanted to know what the fans thought because I can't compete with that. I don't have any money to spend on this. All I can do is you know tweet by tweet, Instagram post by Instagram post, try to connect with people on a one to one basis, and, and you know tell them how much their vote means to me. Tell them how much I really want this second chance, and assure them that I won't blow it if they give it to me. Kate Lysenick wants to know, is Max really going to bring Vince for his loved one visit? I'm not joking. I'm talking to SEG. I'm getting the necessary paperwork in order to hopefully bring Vince out as my loved one. If I'm so lucky to make it. Are you and Vince close? Vince and I are close. You know, you spend three weeks in Costa Rica with someone, Rob. I'm sure you could tell. You know, I didn't do the math on this. So this uh, this pre jury trip. Uh, this mm-hmm. is, uh, so we got so Kim. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was pleasant seeing so after that first tribal. Council. Yeah. There's no love lost with, uh, so Kim and you and yourself. Oh boy. I got, I got a, a very cold welcome at Ponderosa. Okay. Uh, is there, is there tension between you and the former Mr. Survivor Malcolm? I mean, I don't think there is. So and I are on good terms and we talk okay. on the phone and hang out a little bit. I'm sure that. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine he'd love that either. Well, no, I mean, as as friends. So, uh, okay. you know, I call so, you know, I call her my little sister. 
And uh, it so is is actually a lot of fun. And we had great times hanging in Costa Rica. But, you know, I would not blame Malcolm at all if, if he thought I was a, a jerk for voting his girl out first. OK. All right. Then uh, we also have uh, Vince. Vince. Yeah. We, then we have Nina. Nina. How is Nina? Nina's a lovely woman, very nurturing and loving. She's got a great family. I am totally into her husband. He is Whoa. a great guy. He is no, he is a, just a tremendous guy who uh, is a part of the Dirty Thirty family. All of the family members of all the people in the cast—boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives, children—it's it, a great extended family. Okay. Uh, then you have Lindsay. Lindsay, oh God, another person who I wish we could have seen play more. So much personality, so badass too. Whoa. So she's, uh, so, um, basically I'm a badass. Yeah, exactly. Like Lindsay. Yes. Like Lindsay. And then we have you and then we have Joaquin. Walk was next. And Kelly. And Machine Gun Kelly. Why do you call her Machine Gun Kelly? Uh, because the woman who led our tour group was named Kelly as well. We needed a nickname for her. Why? There's always two Kellys. There's uh, always two Kellys. There's, there's too many Kellys. <laughs> There's always so, two Kellys. So yeah, um, an amazing trip. So, Vin, okay, so Vince, you and Vince bonded. Vince and I bonded at first at Ponderosa. I became very ill after I came out of the game. I was so ill, in fact, that I kept losing weight. I lost another seven pounds. On top of the 14 I lost in the game, I was quarantined. I was not allowed to circulate and hang out with people. I laid in a bed in my room by myself, and Vince would come and he would sit outside the room and talk to me. And he would also bring me tonics and potions and things that potions. he had brewed up. Oh, man. He brought an entire kit of, of remedies and herbs. Did and he used to work for Spencer Pratt? I, I, I think they've bumped into each other on the dark net every now and then. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. But Vince, actually, he, he nursed me back to health and he was a great friend. And he was a very interesting person to have conversations with. Vince is a polymath. He is well-versed in many subjects. He is a, a, a complex, dynamic individual who seeks truth. And he's a lot of fun. And he's also homeless. So when he moved <laughs> to Los Angeles, he had needed a place to stay. And I opened my doors to him. Why are you not utilizing him more in your campaigning? Oh, because like two days before the campaign started, Vince disappeared. He, oh, so he's missing? He, well, I, I know where he is. He, we've been texting. I'm probably going to talk to him tonight. He's on a spiritual quest. You know, he's traveling the astral. Well, tell plane. him you, you need a spiritual quest to get back on Survivor. I know. Well, today I posted I mean, a this video. This is like your, your ace in the hole, and he's uh, MIA. I know, but that's Vince. You know, Vince is, Vince is like You need him dust. making like a campaign message, uh, vote for Max, and then like have him do like a 10-minute spiel on something. Oh, That God. thing will go viral. Uh, you'll be, you'll be, you know, sitting there on the beach in a week and a half. I hope so. I really do. I mean, Vince is a great guy. He will make a great family visit. He would bring me strength and, and comfort in, in, you know, just like when coach had his assistant coach there, I would have my life coach, my holistic life coach on the beach. Think of that. He would he stretch you out the way that coaches assistant oh, we'd coach? crack each other's backs. You know, he would leave me with his boob shirt, you know, like that thing you do where you leave your clothes for your loved yeah. one. I'd get the boob shirt. He could bring feathers. Come on. At the very least, you know, he could give you like a really that. awkward hug for a long time. Yeah. We don't. We, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Oh. Um, <laughs> wow. It smells good. Wow. Uh, that's a uh, from a lack of f any physical activity. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it is true. Vince and I are really close friends. I, I love yeah, hanging well, out. Well, I with think him. that's that's your, you know, 
that's the uh, secret weapon for the Max Dawson campaign. Yeah, a vote for Max is a vote for a Vince. No, well, you no, know, he. You got to get him out there. Oh, you mean like instead of me? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. No, I just say no. That this is like oh, in, out campaigning. Yeah, I thought out you campaigning meant out in Cambodia. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm saying like uh, like on House of Cards where they're like, oh, well, Frank Underwood. We don't know how many people like you, Claire. Claire Underwood is uh, that's people are is re- she's really resonating with people. We need to see her more and more. Like uh, really get 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 Vince out there. Yes, Vince. He Vince is out there. We know that. <laughs> you can't then get him in here. We'll get him in uh, here. Not in here. We don't need him in here. No, you don't uh, want him in your house. No, because you, you he you won't keep leave. Him away from your wife. He won't leave. Oh no, it's yeah. I, I often liken it to you. They say you're not supposed to put cat food out if you have feral cats in the backyard. Someone should have said you're not supposed to allow a bi-coastal life coach slash coconut vendor sleep on your couch, because lo and behold, a few months later, he starts having mail delivered. Yeah. <laughs> M-A-I-L? M-A-I-L, okay. yes. Um, Jessica Frey wants to know, oh, how yes. do you plan to use your cats to get more votes during during the election? Well, there's nothing that uh, the internet loves more than cats. And, and, and you, know, uh, uh, you know, with so many Survivor fans being crazy cat ladies, I mean, I feel like I've, I should have that vote in the bag. My cats are my... They are my life. They are my pride and joy. Uh, and the, the thing that I'm most sad about leaving behind is my cast. Oh, my God. Vince is calling right now. You want to answer the phone? You, uh, oh, yeah. That's, can, can we put him on the air? I mean, this would be I, I, I can, Do you have his number? I could I could, I could, could call him real quick. Sure. Okay. Hold on. Okay. So. We would have to interrupt yeah, the Yeah, you have to, you'd have to just decline that. And then uh, if you type in his number here, then I can just I can just call him. And okay, so here can you can you type his number on that uh, on that keypad? Yes. Okay. All right. So Max is typing in numbers into the computer. Okay, and let's see if he answers this. Okay, so we are calling. Vince Sly live on the so it ended Periscope has ended okay we're back calling Vince Sly hello Vince hello is this Vince Vince hey it's Max and I am here actually with Rob Sesternino recording a podcast for my campaign to get back on the show you called right in the What's middle up? while I was talking about you. Well, great. What's up, brother? Yeah, man, we're, I'm missing you. We're yeah. on the we're on the light side of the dark spectrum right now. Good. I'm glad you're with Max. How else could you be? <laughs> Vince, we're talking about. I think Max is actually kind of in the middle of the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Hovering right on the he, edge. He put he puts on that nice smile, but no, the truth is. Yeah, you've lived with me. You know, Vince, coming for you. Vince, we were talking about your role in the Max Dawson campaign. Um, what could you be doing to get the word out about that Max should get brought back to Survivor? Do you have any any thoughts? We have we have people uh, listening to this uh, all over the world right now who are voting. What well, what would you say to them as to why Max needs to get back out there? Did, did they not watch this season? 
I, I think they did, but some people are on the fence. I, actually, I think that's the problem. They did watch this season. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, are you, I don't exactly understand what you're asking. You're asking for uh, He's asking a for an, an endorsement. Yeah, yeah. we want to yeah. hear you, that uh, in your own words. Why should, why should Max get brought back? Is, is it true that the reason why you want Max to go back onto Survivor so you could have his house the whole time he's gone? Actually, I don't want to be in Southern California, so I think that... Because of the drought? <laughs> I think there's a different kind of a drought. There's a, uh, a type of connection that I seek drought. But I like being where I am right now, Northern California. Northern California. For me. Yeah. All right. So uh, if you like really boring television that is uh, a strain to watch, it's kind of taxing in all of the ways that you uh, would hope television to be, the most mundane possible TV show, then vote for everybody but Matt. If you want the most exciting, uh, mischievous, sometimes mixed up and crazy, like I, vote for Max and you're going to have one of the most exciting Survivor seasons because he adds a dynamic that nobody else has. He has an intellectual capacity to understand things that I don't think anybody else up for this cast can offer. And what happens when you have somebody that intellectualizes their way through the, the experience as well is, I don't know if, how much interaction you have with him or if the fans have been following, he's got some great comments. He's actually one of the most entertaining people I know. Wow. So, and you know a lot of entertaining people. I do. Yes. Storytellers yeah. of all kinds. Yes. Okay. Like Penner. Penner's a good guy. Yes. I don't think he's up for this season, though. No, he's not. <laughs> now, did you give Max any advice about if he gets back out there? I told him the feathers in his beard. The feather <laughs> in his beard? a little lighter. And yeah, because then, you know, if a gust of wind comes by, he can just float. If it's something where he has to balance, it will, he'll actually, uh, you know, he'll just float there. And he'll be kind of bird-like. Okay. Now... Vince, is it true that if Max goes back out there, you'd like him to avenge you by voting out Joe first? Is that true? <laughs> I think everyone's going to vote Joe out first anyway. Over Jim Rice? <laughs> um, you know what? This is the truth. I just, about five minutes ago, logged on the CBS. I'm now seeing the whole, the, all the voting possibilities for the first time. I didn't know who was up until five minutes ago. So I need to go and actually watch a couple of these videos. Some of them, I don't know who they are. Okay. I can't remember these people. Obviously, Troy Zan. You know, I You're think a Troy Zan fan? Kindred spirit? No, you know, Troy Zan is actually quite annoying to me. <laughs> oh, really? I like, yeah, I like Wu. <laughs> I like Wu a lot. I know, I mean, people, people say that he, uh, <laughs> yeah. Wu is kind of the, uh, the polar opposite of Max. <laughs> Wu is so yeah. <laughs> so Wu is the polar opposite of Max, and that's why you like him. <laughs> no, I think that like Wu is just like like straight up super chill. He's kind of a um, an Aussie kind of character. Aussie kind of character. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. You know, you got to have all those archetypes. You need somebody that's. Uh, I mean, he's one of the most alacrative people. He's a, what a martial artist. What, what does he do? Yeah, he's uh, he's a uh, a martial artist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he, he's just fun to like watch, and he's got like a, a quirky coolness about him. Uh, not to say Max doesn't, <laughs> but Max Max brings something different that I don't think anybody else can bring, and that is yeah, 
Now, punch, punch lines. Vince, did you have a chance to look at any of the 16 women that are up to come back? Oh, I, yeah. Like I said, five minutes of just five minutes ago, I just looked for the first time, so I had maybe 30 seconds to look it over. Yes. Uh, I don't. I don't know who any of these people are, other than you know, like Shireen and Monica. Well, what about just from their headshots? Who would you say needs to come back? Just headshots. Okay. Well, you know, I actually do like Shireen. She's kind of wild. I can't stand Carolyn and Cass. Like, I just can't. I just can't. What, what did Cass, Cass do? I can't. Because she's one of those people that just, her laugh, the way she's got this, like, mischievously nefarious laugh. And look, I just can't do it. Just go away. Please, please go away. Wow. This is like when Coach was talking about Aaron's uh, evil sneer. <laughs> Yeah, she really is. She's got this. She's got this like little beady snake eyes. Oh no, Vince! Waiting to strike. <laughs> snake, <laughs> snake eyes. That's a good nickname, though. Well, the problem with this is, if, if Cass hears it and she plays with Max, she's gonna gun for Max first. And uh, she already was. She already, <laughs> she already was. That's fine. All right. So, snake eyes um, is coming for you, man. How, how am I in the middle of this? <laughs> I got Shane coming for me. I got guys. I'm hey, a fifth book. Look, Just let me go under look, the radar, please. Look, why? Why? They would be so bad to go on the pre-jury trip with, with Jim Rice, with Jim Rice and Cass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- that, there's gonna be a lot of people hanging from, uh, you know, from light fixtures. On All right, who uh, else, Vince? All right, I mean, Monica's cute, and you can't say no to somebody cute. Yeah, okay. somebody cute. Right, Monica's cute. Um, I don't remember Natalie Tinarelli, but she has a nice smile. Uh, let's see, going cruising. What do you down. mean you don't remember her? You you know Abby. Natalie. She's the uh, the 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 Los Angeles Clippers uh, dancer. Oh, word. Yeah, she just doesn't look the same as headshot. Um, I don't know anything about her personality, but sure, you gotta have a you, look. <laughs> you gotta have my candy on Survivor. You just do. You just have to. That's how one, you got on the show. Like, Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, I believe it's, uh, I was dubbed Feather Locklear. Feather yeah. Locklear, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so Vince, the other uh, thing that people really want to know a lot about is, I, 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 I've gone ahead and initiated this this family visit thing. Like, I talked yeah, you'll to, come and be Max's family visit. <laughs> and yeah. Did you do happening. it? Did you facilitate that? Yeah, I talked to Lynn the other day. This is happening. Hey, really? Oh, I mean... Well, I, we could I, I talk mean, about I, the specifics off the air, but I mean, the, you know, I've been thinking a lot about it, Vince, about the role that you play in my life and about what uh-huh. I would need at that moment. And there's no one else. There's no one else right now. <laughs> I feel like you guys are having a moment right we're now. Having I feel like a maybe <laughs> we've been through Vince and I have wept together. We yeah. like we've, yeah, we, we've gone through it. We've like, you know, my place, I've never <laughs> been witness to a family visit proposal before no no well i mean you know this is called broing down you know it's not just joaquin and uh listen listen rob this is exactly why you should have max you just said i've never in all these years had a family proposal max brings new (laughs) he's making he's making history left and right brings new to your show max brings new New. Who thought at the beginning of this season that of all the people that you see, you know, Joaquin and uh, Rodney, you could have spotted that from three miles away. Yeah. I mean, come on, bro. You got to relax, bro. <laughs> yeah, you got to relax. You got to relax, bro. They, they, there was there was no relaxing on that. You got to relax, bro. 
Yeah. But I mean, me and Vince, that me and Vince should find this beautiful friendship and have these great adventures. At the very least, uh, an amazing race trip seems in the works. Uh, listen, I'd do it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, we got to start to wrap this up or otherwise I'm going to get complaints that we went uh, way longer with Max Dawson than anybody else. And if it wasn't fair, every one of my interviews is longer than everyone else's. And I'm just going to put it out there. It's either for one of two reasons. <laughs> it's because I never stop talking or I'm the most interesting person. Or okay. maybe it's a little bit of both. What do you think, Vince? Well, I just I'm looking at something on the bottom of this page. It says no butts, no cuts, no coconuts. <laughs> what yeah, what page what that, is that? What No butts, no cuts, no coconuts. Yeah, no butts, no cuts, no coconuts. And what would make me think is that um, <laughs> I go I go back to like, my my catcher. I don't know where this thing came from. How they splice this thing together? But uh, I'm a coconut vendor, so yes. I speak truth. Yeah. And, I, the truth is, Max really is one of the coolest, most uh, <laughs> sincere, intelligent, fun, and charming people I know. All so, right. Love you, Bay. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Bay. All right. You heard it here first. No butts, no cuts, no coconuts. <laughs> Send Max Dawson back to Survivor. Thanks, Vince. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon, bud. All right. Ciao. Vince, take care, buddy. Bye. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff with uh, with Vince. Oh man, that was that rivaled uh, calling Wanda with Jeff Varner. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Vince is uh, Vince is a great friend, but he's also he's onto something here. Um, yeah, no butts, you, no, no cuts, cuts, no, no coconuts. coconuts. <laughs> you, you you think you know everything about me? You think I'm a white collar? You think I'm a survivor nerd? But Vince, <laughs> I have this this secret life with Vince. We do these things. We have these adventures. We we drink these teas. We we go to the hippie festivals. We work out on the beach. We have this thing going on that nobody knows about, and I'd love to show it to you guys okay. all. Not just on social media, but on the show itself. This other side of me. All right. Well, you need to get that guy out there on the campaign trail. Yes, I do. I mean, he is just, you can't turn away. I would, if I were you, I'd get the Vince Sly AMA book tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I would uh, just get, you know, uh, does he have a periscope? Does he have a phone? Uh, Vince has a phone. He's okay. not big on social media. <laughs> well, I, I get him out there, Max. Get this guy out in front of those voters. I know what the hashtag is, by the way. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, wait, what is it? No, no butts, no, no cuts, cuts, no, no coconuts. Co <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and and yeah. So, yeah. Vince, right. me, season 31, but mainly me. Okay. Thank you. Don't forget about Max. Uh, Max 2.0. Uh, it's going to be more of the stuff that you liked, less of the stuff you didn't like, right? Yes, I, I promise, guys. I, I know that some of the stuff rubbed you the wrong way, but just keep in mind, I'm one of you guys. You'd all have the same survivor boner out there. Don't try to deny it. And and, and guess what? I got it out of my system, and now I'm ready to play. Now Max is ready. He's, re he's ready to go. You can vote for Max once a day between now and not at one of these Indian call centers. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, vote for Max once a day between now and... And May twentieth, uh, Max Dawson. Uh, that this was this has been a surreal experience. It, it always uh, is. You you are uh, you know you could not be closer to me unless uh, that you were uh, giving me a lap dance right now. And uh, I've never had this experience. Well, on that's the for the after show. We just do that only on Periscope. Uh, we talked to Vince Sly. We periscoped. We did. We did it all, Max. We did. Thank you so much. All right, and uh, we'll find out. 
in a week and a half, Max, if you're uh, if you're going back. This is exciting. Yeah, I, I hope so, guys. Let's do this. All right. Uh, Max Dawson, uh, great job. And uh, everybody, we will be back uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, my first interview tomorrow morning. I'll be uh, in about less than less than 12 hours from now. Guess who I'm talking to first tomorrow? Me? Snake Eyes. Oh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Chaos Cass. Can I ask you to edit this and upload it after Cass's? I don't think it'll be up before, the, okay, before that. I didn't say it, Cass. I love you. Your eyes are beautiful and lovely. According to Vince. No butts, no, no cuts, no. no coconuts. Okay. No. All right. <laughs> and uh, let us know what you thought about the Max interview on robisawebsite.com. Uh, i got, I think, five or six more interviews uh, coming tomorrow. So uh, busy, busy, busy day uh, for me. Uh, plus, we'll talk uh, Big Brother Canada at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. All right. Oh, can I plug the Twitter handle? All right, real quick. Real F- quick. FY Maxwell, if you're not following me already, lots of fun on the campaign trail. And just in general, Survivor Geekdom. Let's let's uh, interact online, guys. Thanks. Okay. All right. Take care and bye.